because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Welcome to the It Feels Right podcast. I'm Rob Nunnery alongside my co-host, Adam Stone. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the couple companies that make this podcast possible before we get into today's episode with our boy, Dylan Frazier. Big shout out to the Dink. They do all the they do all the nitty gritty behind the scenes work of this podcast. Adam and I like to talk about pickleball, and beyond that, it stops. We uh, we send it over to the Dink. They produce, edit, distribute, and without them, this wouldn't be possible. And also, big shout out to Selkirk, who you know has recently signed me as a player and also has come on to the podcast as a sponsor, which we have been very fortunate with because we get to do what we love, and that's that's share our beliefs and thoughts and opinions on pickleball and pro pickleball, amateur pickleball, where the sport should go, where it is going. And without Selkirk, that would not be possible. So a huge shout out to those guys. I'm using the 16 millimeter halo paddle and it's uh, yeah, it's a game changer. I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's super soft, controllable yet also gets enough pop to where, um, you know, you can put the ball away. So that's that. Let's get into it. This is Dylan Frazier, also a Selkirk signed athlete, and he's got a lot of interesting insight that you probably haven't heard before. So here we are. I pressed it, Adam. I pressed it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dylan Frazier in the house. Let's get right to it, Dylan. Tell me this. <laughs> Do you care about being called Baby Dill? Uh, I like it. I like the name. Oh, he likes it. Good. Because I would say that a year ago, I didn't really give a crap what you liked. I was going to call you baby Dill, but now you've kind of upped your status. You've upped your game a little bit. I was going to ask you about what you prefer to be called. So you like baby Dill. I like baby Dill, but I think you're right. I've graduated to big D now. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. There's already a big D in the pickleball landscape. So uh, let's D. just let's let's keep that. So, no, anyway. we don't want little D. We don't want little no, D. No, 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 no. The big D you're referring to. Oh, that's big. <laughs> oh, ah. acceptable. Acceptable. Uh, yes. And so and when you if I was going to write down your name, would you rather it be baby D.Y.L. or D.I.L.L.? Definitely D.Y.L. Yes. I like that. I like that question. OK, really question. Hey. Great start, guys. Great start. So, <laughs> Hard-hitting um, stuff right now. Hard-hitting. Uh, <laughs> so let's just get right down to it. We'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of your background with uh, uh, sports that you were playing back in the day, some of that kind of stuff, and then we'll get to some more um, current events, uh, MLP, and that kind of uh, thing. So um, when did you start playing pickleball, and what level were you when you entered your first tournament? Uh, I started playing pickleball in 2016. Uh, my mom and I played and dad played when we were in Florida at a rec, at a rec center there. So that's where we found it. Um, when I started playing tournaments, I started at 3-5. I was a 3-5, oh probably a 3.0 player when I started, uh, you know, and when I played the 3-5 tournament, I, I think I did not medal. Or I got second in singles. I did not medal in, in doubles. So maybe I was playing playing up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So I'll I'll be full disclosure here, baby Dill. I have been uh, chatting with one uh, Cindy Frazier. She seems like a hell of a lady, uh -huh. and she's got some she's got some good stuff here on 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 some of your background here. So oh, she no. was telling me that yeah. you you dabbled a little bit in basketball, football, baseball, and soccer growing up. You played a little bit of tennis. Uh, 
with her and just as soon as you played pickle, you had the bug and, and you dropped everything else. Is that correct? That is accurate. Yes. And what did you, was there anything that competed? What was your favorite sport of those other ones? Or, or did you, did you play at a high level, any travel teams, anything like that with the other sports? No, I mostly just played for, for my school, which was relatively small. I guess baseball was probably the one I did the most and was most active in practice the most. But after I found pickleball, I just got bored by it. So I went all into pickleball after that. Well, I would probably say that was a good decision at the time. Uh, yeah, what I was it. Sorry, go what ahead, was it about no. pickleball that 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 grabbed you compared to playing some of the other sports that were like team sports. Yeah, I think I think one you're just like especially compared to baseball, you're like active in every single play, right? Like in baseball, you can go a lot of time without even fielding a ball or, or hitting. Like you got to wait your turn a lot. Um, basketball, football, sometimes you got to ride the bench a little bit. But in pickleball, you're like you're you're on the court, you're involved every single play. At most, you have one other partner that you're sharing the court with. So I, I think I like the fast pace of pickleball. The points go by fairly quickly. There's not a lot of time between points. And so it just keeps you engaged. And I think that was the main draw for me at the time. Did you think early on that you could be like at the top of the sport? Was that ever a thought or was it just like, this is fun. It's fast pace. I just like playing it. So I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. So, well, I won't lie. Like when I first, when we first played at the rec center, we played against some like of the local players there who are all like 3.0 and, and 3.5 level and probably all 50, 55 plus. And I was actually competing against them. So I was like, got a false sense of confidence. Like I was really <laughs> proud of myself for, for doing really well against those players. And so uh, when I first started playing, I'm like, okay, I think I'm pretty good at this, but, but I got humbled pretty quickly after playing my first tournament. But then that kind of encouraged me to like want to get better and, and improve. So Immediately when I started playing, probably didn't think I was going to be playing like at a professional level or, or certainly anything like it is today. Like my first tournaments, we were playing for, for T-shirts and medals like there was no there was no money in it. And so so now it's really cool that you can go out there and you can try to make a living out of it. 100%. No, definitely. And uh, yeah, I've, I've talked about this multiple times. Baseball seems to be if you're not going to be playing a racket sport to transition to pickleball. Baseball seems pretty good. Lots of. Lots of hand-eye coordination, balls coming fast. Are you tracking the ball? All that stuff, uh, very important. So, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, Cindy was also telling me that once you kind of raised your level a little bit, kind of got in the mix, that you uh, were making the – occasionally making that nine-hour round trip to Wichita, Kansas to play with uh, Jay DeVillier, Pat Smith, uh, Lucy, and Matt. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yes, what that was I haven't I haven't gone to Wichita recently, but even like in the past couple of years, I would I would travel there often for practice, just looking for higher level matches, I guess, because I felt it was important for improving my game. So I'd go there like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'd stay at Pat Smith would let me stay at his house. Um, Chris Heck is also in Wichita, so he'd play a yeah. lot of this. Um, and so we got we got some good games in there. Probably played twice a day, and then Sunday morning, and then I drove back home from from Wichita, but. I haven't, I haven't made it there recently, mostly because the tournament schedule has been pretty busy. And then on top of school, too, I haven't I haven't had as much time to get down there. You haven't quit school yet? Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I'm taking less classes, though. So some more time for pickleball. That's right. Attaboy. I got a, I got a good uh, rapid fire question later on about that subject. But no, that's that's cool that it was possible that you could. Obviously not close nine hour round trip, but possible that you had a spot that you could go and get high level play. I think that's still an issue, but definitely was an issue two, three, four years ago. So to have 
to have that crew. And, and I actually went up there a couple of times from Houston to go play in Wichita and Jack Oxler was there at the time and Chris Heck for sure. So uh, pre- pretty solid group and, and obviously very talented players. And uh, we always talk about that. You, you want to up your, up your level or your game about anything, playing with people better than you at the time uh, is, is uh, very important. So that's, that's a pretty cool story. Um, let's see here. Moving. Let me, let me show you my very official list here. <laughs> this is my, this is my baby. We got a lot of mark outs here. We got the baby deal questions. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So, uh, what would you say your strengths and possibly some weaknesses are on the pickleball court as it stands today? Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say my biggest strength or at least what I'm most comfortable doing is, is getting up to the kitchen line. Like when I get up there for the most part, I feel pretty good. I can dink it around a little bit. If it, if it gets sped up, I feel pretty comfortable uh, in fast exchanges. Um, maybe a weakness for me would be getting up to that point, you know, maybe in the transition zone and then uh, staying in long dink rallies because sometimes I get a little little anxious, just want the, want the point in, want to, want to get in a fast exchange, like exciting point. Uh, but that's something that I'm working on right now, being a little more patient. Uh, no, definitely. I think that that transition zone uh, – for sure, everyone, even people that are, you know, considered good in that area can always work work on that transition zone area. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that once you get up there, uh, the dinking has definitely approved in the last year or two with the consistency and doing some something with those dinks. And I'll tell you what, baby Dill, I, I like your hand speed and I think it's very elite and it's up there with, with some of the best and, and kind of almost a little... AJ Kohlerish with this backhand here, you do a nice job of covering space, but also covering your body, your, your chest and, and things like that. So I have no doubt that uh, hand speed battles or exchanges are, uh, you know, something that you enjoy. <laughs> um, so here we go. Uh, we just had, uh, I just got a little info that we have the groupings for Major League Pickleball. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Some of your opponents that you'll be playing, uh, not this upcoming weekend, but the next weekend in Mesa, Arizona. But first off, your squad, BLQK, has Andrea Coop, yourself, uh, Federico Staxroot, and Maggie Brasha. Tell me a little bit about your team and how you think uh, uh, some, of, some of the things they bring to the table and how you guys might mesh well together for this event. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about our team. We've actually had a couple of team practices over the past couple of months. Uh, we all played in St. Louis in December and then and then Andrea and I made it to Florida to practice some with Fed and in January and, and, and we're playing pretty well together, I feel like. And, and we've got good chemistry, which is huge for an MLP environment. Um, you know, the whole team, I think, is really steady and solid. Um, I think we have a chance to go out there and, and every single matchup, like win whoever's out on the court. Whereas I feel like some other teams, like they drafted two really strong males or two really strong females. So like they're going to go out there looking for guaranteed wins in those two matches. And then the other two matches, they may struggle a little bit, but for our team, I feel like we're pretty well balanced and, and can go out there and win any given match. And if it comes down to a dream breaker, we're, we're, we're solid in that department too. We're actually, uh, when Andrea was, was kind of beaten up on Fed and I, when we were, when we were playing some singles points. So I'm really excited if it goes to a dream breaker, um, and, and we have a great owner too. Like Richie's, Richie's really involved and, and supportive of the team. Um, so I think overall, like it's, it's going to be good. We're going to, we're going to do well. I think as long as we execute, um, I, I really like 
matching up with Federico because he can play both sides really well. When we were practicing together, he's he's really difficult to attack. He slides well. He dinks well. He's super steady. And at the last MLP, like when he got on Team Queen, like that kind of took Team Queen to the next level. They made the playoffs after after he joined their team. So I think he's going to be great. Andrea, I think everybody kind of knows how good she can be. I think she's the top five female in the game for sure, easily. Just very talented. Um, and then Maggie's going to be great for her because she can play that support role, role really well, stay steady, consistent. Um, Simone and I just played uh, Maggie and Hayden in the Mesa tournament in December, and we were very competitive with her. Like our, our match was very close, and actually they were winning for probably 95% of the third game, and we kind of came back and stole it from her at the end, but she played very well. So I think our team's going to do pretty good. For sure. And we were we were actually the pick right before you and we were considering, uh, no, the right after after your last pick. And we were considering Maggie. We already had her sister. We were very, very happy. SoCal Hard Ace with with the Lindsay Newman pick. But um, definitely Maggie is solid. And I was on her team, the Jackrabbits, at the, the last event last year. So I, I definitely think that she's got some game and, uh, you know, not too shabby at all, especially for a, a last pick. And uh, also, Rob and I mentioned, you're exactly right, Dylan, that several of the teams are kind of top heavy. And then there's the more balanced teams. And I think it's going to be very interesting MLP to see kind of the cream rise to the top. Is it going to be one of these solid uh, throughout teams or maybe some of the teams with a little bit more firepower, uh, but some question marks on the bottom of the roster? So very, very exciting times. And I, I just I just can't wait for MLP. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's just going to be great. Yeah. What's your take on, <laughs> Dylan, what's your take on rally scoring versus traditional scoring? Just speaking of it. Uh, you know, I, I like personally, I think I like, uh, just traditional scoring better as a player, but I think I under, understand like the, the reasons why people want to move over to rally scoring. Like if it's going to be aired on TV, it's just a little more predictable rally scoring, maybe a little bit easier to get uh, sports betting involved with pickleball uh, if we transition to rally scoring. So I'm not opposed to rally scoring at all, but like between the two, I think I, I enjoy traditional scoring a little bit better. Yeah, same. No, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, pe people don't like to change, but I, I, I do think there there is some benefits. There, there I, like the, I like the back and forth of like, it's just like a mental battle, right? The back and forth side out grind of trying to score on your own serve. And I think that's what traditional pickleball is. Like the advantage is to the return team. So it's fun to try to grind out points as the server. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, as a player, I definitely like traditional better, but I understand the merits of rally in terms of gambling and TV as well. Yeah, it's tough. I think it's kind of a constant battle. Uh, you know, that's the scoring is a perfect example of traditional pickleball, what it's supposed to be. But to grow the game, some of those things uh, we, we talk about, the, you know, the camaraderie and how open everyone was uh, and still is to a point. And could that possibly get to a more tennis type environment? So it's just one of those things that we'll have to see if we can hold on to that side out scoring as we move move forward with the sport or, or if it's just going to have to change. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with, uh, with you. I I'm, I'm okay with either way. I think they both have their merits, but we'll just have to see what happens in the next couple of years. Uh, let's see here. Sometimes this is chicken scratch. Sometimes it's hard to read uh, these <laughs> your notes, own writing. These notes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, my, my own writing. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe Dill, I want to talk to you about a couple matches that we have played together. And one was the very first MLP. It was uh, you and JW versus Deckel and myself. 
Uh, do you remember that match at all? I, yeah, a little bit. I think I remember being up a lot and then losing to you guys. Uh, it was 13-4, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you were wondering, we had a slight comeback. And actually, I think one of the biggest factors of that turnaround for us was I was dinking out wide. You were playing right with J-Dub, and I was playing right with Deckel, and we were dinking out wide to you, and you were just kind of lighting Deckel up a little bit. So uh, another reason why we might need to go with him being little G. And um, so we started uh, dinking a little bit more to JW and more to the middle. Um, do you find that uh, some of the teams, now that you're partnered up with JW consistently, kind of tend to, to play once everyone gets to the kitchen line, play a little bit more to the middle because they're a little worried about your off the bounce forehand and JW's added the air backhand? Yeah, I think I think definitely. Uh, let me ask you a quick question. When, when In the first MLP, was that rally scoring or was that like side out scoring? Side out to 15. Okay. Side out to 15. I right. was thinking rally score. I'm like, man, we blew 13, 4. In the <laughs> That's tough in rally. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, no way. But, okay. but this way, we were only playing to 15. Therefore, you needed two points to win that match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. And I need to bring up one more match. Uh, do you remember playing Deckel and myself at TOC in 2021 with JW? Um, no. Where did okay. we play? It was at, it was a tournament of champions, and we were on the main court, and the score was 11-2, 11-3 oh, yeah, for Deckel and myself. So the reason that I brought up these two matches, Dylan, was one, to toot my own horn, which I like to do. And number two, I was just going to maybe set you up to talk a little bit about the last couple times that uh, Deckel and, and myself played, played you in JW. Do you remember those matches? Yeah, I, I remember those a lot better than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's a perfect comment. I just wanted to set you up a little bit because uh, I'll tell you what, the last nine months or a year, I not only you, but J-Dub as well, but especially you, Dylan, I have really been impressed with your games. Some of the uh, more consistent, more power, more offensive, the hand speed. And so I just wanted to, 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 to throw out those scores and some of those matches from year a year plus ago. And then a couple of, of, of the times that Deckel, Deckel and I played you and, and J-Dub on the APP tour last year was pretty uncomfortable for us. So uh, lots of respect, lots of growth for you in the last year. And hey, I think, I think there's no reason that you and J-Dub uh, cannot be uh, – number one, number two, number three, something along those lines team uh, here in 2023. What do you yeah, think? I'd like to think so for sure. I think the, the goal is definitely number one for us right now. We're, we're shooting for the stars. Um, I think the turning point in, in our rivalry, if you will, between you and Deco and J-Dub and I was the uh, the one in Florida at Delray Tennis Center. We kind of, mm -hmm. I think you guys won in the main draw or did, mm -hmm. or, or did we? I don't remember who won main draw, but I know in the final it went to, it went to the game to 15. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's think, right. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a really competitive match, and and I think J Dub and I came out on top of that. And I think that might have been the first time we we topped you guys. Um, and then after that, I think it was, I think it was a little bit of a turning point for us as a team. I think it snowballed a little bit after that, unfortunately <laughs> for me. <Dylan. laughs> I, I remember one where the uh, the the upcoming Mesa tournament uh, MLP is going to be at Bell Bank Park, and I remember playing you in the gold medal match at Bell Bank Park, and. It was not particularly close. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I think I think that 
probably had something to do with it is uh, I think at that point at the Del Rey, the skills were there, but maybe the belief after getting that W were like, oh, well, hey, obviously we can win this match. And I think that probably uh, kind of helped mentally uh, moving forward for you guys. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And and also I finally realized that I could, I was finally at a point where I could, I could dink with Adam Stone cross court. Like before, <laughs> that, before that got absolutely destroyed trying to stay in the cross court dink rally, which is why I think I sped up so much to Deckel just because I didn't want to stay in that pattern cross court. <laughs> so my dinking skills finally got a little bit better. I figured out how to, how to hit a forehand dink and, and that, that was helpful for sure. De- definitely helpful. And I think you're exactly right. Where you were possibly speeding up frivolously at Deckel to just, you know, avoid that pattern. And then when you found that consistency with your dink, you could pick your spots and kind of attack on your terms as opposed to, you know, just just doing it all the time. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, also, this past tournament, uh, the PPA, uh, Hyundai Masters, you and JW were in a maybe not commanding, but a very good position against the number one seeds in that tournament, Colin and his brother. Uh, how were you feeling early on in that match? And can you put your finger on possibly uh, something that changed that uh, allowed that team to come back on you guys? Yeah, I think I think for the most part, I mean, the first game was really competitive. It was going back and forth the whole time, I think. And, and I knew like it, it was going to come down to the end. And it was, it was whoever was going to take like a two-point lead first, like just win a couple points in a row. And uh, we managed to do that. In the second game, I think we went up nine six so we had a we we had a pretty comfortable lead for such a for what a tight match it was like three points is kind of big um and then like the johns kind of do what they've done against me in the past and and i've seen them do it against a lot of other teams where they just kind of whittle their way back into the game and then and then kind of steal it from you and then the third game they played well we didn't play as good as we did the first two games and and they walked away with the win but uh i haven't watched the match back yet i plan to it at some point in the near future but I think, you know, they're at like a nine, six second game. They're just so good at staying steady and, and really forcing you, forcing you to beat them. Like they're not going to make you make any mistakes. They're not, they're not going to hand you the match. And, and so I think what we need to do a little bit better um, is probably just play, play to win a little bit more, play a little more aggressively at that point. Like once we, once we get that three point lead, go for the win, put pressure on them rather than letting them take it to us. I don't know. Uh, they, I mean, in Vegas, like Zane and I were up on, uh, ben and Colin, I think 10-6 in the second game after winning first the first game. Or no, it was 10-6 third game. And they came back and, and beat us like 12-10 or, or 13-11. So they're obviously pretty good uh, being down late in matches and, and saving match points. But, um, you know, I think I think we just got to not change anything at that point. Like if we're up 9-6, just keep doing whatever got, got us to that point, I think is the key. Uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, I, I, I think that's very well said. I have been on the receiving end of, uh, of some of that as well from that team. Very, very tough in crunch time. And, you know, it, I'm not going to lie. It hurts a little bit sometimes where yeah, uh, it's done. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's definitely tough. I got a, I got an important question for you, Dylan, about your current men's doubles partner, JW Johnson. Uh, Lovely young man, very quality pickleball player. But do you think maybe that JW could intensify his footwork a little bit, maybe be on the balls of his feet instead of being flat-footed a little bit, Dylan? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can see that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to to say that he needs to change anything about his game, the way he's playing right now. I mean, he's he's doing really well, executing on a lot of shots. So, I'm not sure I'm as as anxious as you to maybe get him to change something about his game. Like whatever he's doing, it's working. So I'm just gonna let him do it. No, for sure. He's, he's obviously incredibly talented, great hand speed, uh, great power too as well. But I kind of feel like I've noticed uh, this a little bit uh, of my years of playing with Deckel is we, we've seen J.W. Johnson, phenomenal singles player. He can move around the court and Deckel as well. He can bounce around, Ernie from the middle of the court, do all these things. But every now and then I see both of them get a little flat footed. And I was just wondering if you had possibly noticed the same thing, because I think your footwork and your preparation for when the ball's coming at you is very, very top notch. You're always on your toes and you're ready to explode uh, in any direction that you need to. So uh, I think that that's important. And I know the casualness uh, of JW uh, benefits him in, in a lot of ways, but I just kind of kind of wanting uh, to hear some of your thoughts on that subject. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're probably right. Uh, he, he does, you know, maybe at times get flat footed, but I feel like at any given moment, he's just ready to like pounce on a ball. Like he's, he's sneaky fast. Like the ball will be like going over to the middle and I'll be prepping to hit it. And then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere and hits it. So <laughs> that's something that I've had to learn how to do playing with him is, is how to get out of the way for, for middle balls. when he comes over with that forehand because he, it happens so fast and like, I don't see it coming half the time. So, so I'm sure it's difficult for opponents to, to see it coming. Um, but yeah, I think, I think when he's playing aggressive and, and on his toes, like that's when, when he's at his best, just playing really aggressive, utilizing his hand speed. He's, he's really tough to beat when he's doing that. Absolutely. And I will go ahead and say that I am number one ranked player in the world at getting out of the way. I've had <laughs> yeah. a lot of that several years of practice of, of just moving out of the way and uh, letting that big Israeli arm jump in there and, and smack some winners um, so I, th I think that that's, that that's definitely pretty funny, but I'll tell you what, from what I've seen on these live streams and my experience playing against you guys, I I'm just not sure that there is a team out there with a neutral start to a firefight that has better, better hands and better exchanges than you guys. And I would say that in terms of just flat out hand speed, you might be number one out there. And I do think JW has a little bit more power with his hands and his short stroke. But I, I just think that when it comes down to flat out exchanges, I think you guys are phenomenal. And uh, uh, how do you feel uh, that you guys stack up in that hand speed department against some of these top teams? Uh, very good. And, and actually we talk about that going into our auto matches. Like whenever we get a ball to be aggressive on, like, be it like a, a ball that's net height or, or above, like any ball that we, we can attack and, and kind of start at a neutral point. Like you said, like even if at times we're a little bit behind it, we just feel so comfortable starting that fast exchange and, and even countering uh, some speed ups that, that that's a big part of our, our strategy when we play. We're always looking to, to start that if we can. Definitely. And yeah, it's uh, of course you don't want to necessarily speed up bad balls, but I, I just feel like as long as it's not, a terrible speed up. I really like your guys' chances in some of those exchanges. And I think it's super fun to watch. Uh, and I think most fans agree that, you know, dinking, setting up the point, great, very necessary, but, but, but those exchanges and firefights are, are, are really exciting. And, and I love watching you guys uh, get into those. Yeah. So sure. that's, that's probably my favorite part of, of the, of the game. It's just those fast exchanges for sure. 
Well, definitely. Uh, Going to bring up a little fun fact brought to brought by Cindy Frazier one more time. Uh, so she said that you were in the top 1% of all Missouri students in mathematics uh, via standardized testing. Is this is this true, Dylan? Is that? I don't even remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you who does remember Cindy Frazier. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I... I'm not sure I was ever in the 1% of anything mathematics, but I really, really love numbers. I, I really think that uh, I, I enjoyed math. It was my favorite subject. Do you think that being, uh, you know, kind of numbers oriented, uh, analytical thinker, do you think that has some benefits uh, for some of the patterns and some of the situations that you get into on the pickleball court? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think just the, uh, willingness to like analyze points. I mean, you're not necessarily looking at numbers per se. I mean, they've started to come out with statistics. So I think that that would be beneficial and you can kind of break down matches even, even more if they start kind of coming out with, with more statistics. Um, but for the most part, just thinking being in that analytical mindset and, and looking for patterns that, that are coming from your opponents, like what, what they're going to do when the ball goes to a certain location, uh, where they tend to speed up, uh, how they tend to move when they counter. I think just all of that, uh, being being able to recognize that and pick up on it is is very key, like when you're picking your spots to speed up and, and when you're setting up uh, for countering their attacks. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's well said uh, also. And I, I think as we get more data and more statistics, I think it's going to be even more important. Your, your frequencies, uh, when a ball goes here, I'm going to, I'm going to do this 30% of the time, this 70% of the time, those kind of things are going to be really, really important. And uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, going back and watching that match uh, against Colin and his brother. How often are you uh, kind of studying tape on your opponents, rewatching some of your good and bad matches from previous tournaments and things like that, Dylan? Yeah, I'll watch uh, for for past tournaments that I've played in. I'll, I'll I'll usually go back and watch all of my matches, or or at least the the ones in the later rounds, like uh, round of sixteen, quarterfinals, semifinals. If I if I make it to that round, I'll, I'll watch those matches a lot, uh, win or lose. I like watching the matches I win, obviously a little bit more because uh, it's just it's a little e easier. I'm pretty hard on myself when I watch film. Like every time I watch myself play, I, I th I'm like, wow, you're. You don't look very good out there, but uh, so, I don't know. I, I try to focus on like the positives, like uh, improving your strengths as opposed to like analyzing your weaknesses. But I think both are important. So I, I try to watch both wins and losses. Yeah, I, th I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of athletes are hard on themselves. I mean, I can win five exchanges do this, do that while I'm rewatching and, you know, I miss a third shot. I'm just like, you're garbage, Adam, you're terrible. You're awful. You know? So, uh, easy to do, but I, I think, I think that that's a, that is important to, uh, yeah, to, to focus on, on those, on those strengths and, and improve those, but it does go both ways. And I think doing both is probably, uh, yeah, it's probably what you need to be doing. So, uh, Dylan, so I have listed here, like I said, we have, we have the pools we were going to have for the premier league. Uh, we were going to have two pools of six, but they have switched it to uh, uh, three pools of four, just like the Challenger League for Major League Pickleball. So uh, in your grouping, uh, we talked about your team a little bit earlier, but in your grouping, we have the Mashers, which is Callie Smith, Lucy Kovalova, Andre Deescu, and one of your good buddies, DJ Young. Uh, we have the fives in your group with Anna Lee Waters, James Ignatowicz, 
Leia, Leia Jansen and Hayden Patrick win. And then the last team in your group is the Cabo Vamos, uh, Jay DeVillier, Simone Jargine, Elise Jones, and Eric Lang. What do you think about uh, your opponents in your group and how you guys stack up against those guys? I think this is going to be easy. No, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think every team, I think every team in, in MLP is, is really strong. Like, I don't think there's going to be any easy wins out there. Like all the, all the teams are, are pretty solid. Uh, I feel, I feel like I feel pretty good about our team's ability to go out there and beat any team, uh, given that we're executing and, and playing, uh, as well as, as, as I know that every, every member of our team can play. So as long, I think it's going to be more about us executing. I'm not, I'm not so much as concerned about who are playing as, as much as I am about going out there and, and executing our strategy and, and playing to our strengths and doing what we do best. Yeah, no, that's, that, that, that's true. And I, I think that that going into it, a little general game plan into each match is good. Uh, but that, that's, that really is the key. You take care of you. And then when we get in that situation, we can, we can do some tweaks. We can change, uh, our strategy a little bit if we run into some adversity, but I know I think that that uh, you know that's a smart way to go into it with a little basic strategy. Focus on you, do your thing, and then uh, we'll react if if we run into some problems. So uh, no, that's that that's a good answer there. And uh, the first round pick on your team was Andrea Coop, and you were shortly after uh, early in the second round. Were you? Uh, kind of on a text thread, did you guys call? Did you guys uh, communicate uh, about those second two picks? Uh, we all know that uh, Andrea Coop, great player, very strong personality. Or did she kind of take over with some of the picks, or uh, how exactly did that work? Uh, so once I got picked, Andrea reached out to me and said, uh, asked like for my input, like help help me figure out who we should uh, pick for our second two. Maybe you can pick the guy and, and I can pick the girl, I think is what she said, or like we're, we're collaborating for sure. Um, I, so we picked, we picked Federico after me. And I think, uh, when we were talking, Richie was involved too, for sure. Cause he's, he's a really involved active owner. Like he kind of had an idea of, of what he wanted. He thought, and I agree with him that singles was, was really important, like coming down to a dream breaker to, to be able to win that. And, and Federico, kind of checked all the boxes for us. Like he's a really good doubles player. Like I said, when he came into the MLP this past year, uh, he kind of turned the team around and played really well. I think so. I think he's going to be a good pick for us. He's great in singles. Obviously he just got second at the, at the last tournament. Um, and in mixed doubles, he's really good too. His, his forehand third shot drive is, is difficult to handle. Um, I know I've played him a, a couple of times recently in, in mixed doubles and he's actually, beaten me a couple times in a row just because he played when he plays really aggressive uh especially when he plays at the girl and, and is driving a lot of balls it's, it's really tough to handle um so i think he was he was definitely high on my list high on andrea's list and and richie was very excited to to get federico just because he also has uh a big ceiling in, in singles yeah i like how you said that he actually beat me a couple times in mixed doubles i like that. i can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but i <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do agree. Uh, you mentioned some of that versatility uh, from from Federico being able to play both sides. And my illustrious co-host here, Robert Nunnery, labeled you the most versatile man in pickleball. Do you, do you think that's a fair assessment? Wow. What, a, uh, what an honor to be labeled the most versatile man in pickleball. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel I'll, I'll say I, will, I do feel comfortable, you know, kind of playing to different strategies, uh, playing left and right side. But, um, you know, no matter who I'm playing with, I feel like I can kind of 
uh, play their strategy, like whatever they do well, I, I feel like I can kind of support that. And, and so I would say I'm fairly comfortable in, in any environment. Yeah, I've, I've even seen you a couple of times do the old right side, strong side, where you're playing right, but possibly even taking uh, over half the court, which is a little bit unusual. So uh, I, I think that, that that label does fit uh, your game style. And uh, yeah, I think I think Annalie Waters uh, made a comment, uh, whatever, a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago that that you need to get over this, you know, this left side, strong side type situation, you should have the versatility to play everything. So I uh, think that is important. And, uh, you know, I think you, you you check those boxes. So, hey, Robert, are you still here, buddy? I'm here. Just, okay, just enjoying this. Just yeah, taking it in. Good, 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 good. You're, you got, you're rolling, Adam. You got your notes. <laughs> this is good. I'm locked <laughs> in. I've had four shots of espresso today. I'm, I'm <laughs> sweating pretty heavily. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what, what, what else is new? Um, uh, do you do you have anything for this young man? Because I, I have some rapid fire questions. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Keep, keep rolling. Keep, keep going. Rolling. Where's where's my notes here? Where's my notes? Okay, what was I gonna? What was I gonna? Robert, help me out here. I'm struggling. I can't. You read have rapid right fire. Now. Rapid fire. Oh, rapid, rapid fire. <laughs> rapid fire. Okay, so we like to do this at the end of our our interviews with with, with the players that we've had on the pod. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, I got about 10 rapid fire questions. You can think a little bit, but don't think too hard. I think Anna Bright hurt her brain. She, she, couldn't <laughs> give a, she couldn't give a fast answer. She had to analyze everything. <laughs> and then I have a couple, uh, since you're such a numbers guy, I got a couple percentage questions for you where I'm right. just going to give you a question and you give me a percentage as your answer. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you locked and loaded? I'm locked and loaded. Let's go. This is serious shit, Dylan. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coffee, tea, or neither? Neither. Chipotle or Panera? Chipotle. Do you believe in karma? No. What is your favorite salad dressing? Ranch. What is the weight of your paddle? 8.2. Water balloon or snowball fight? Snowball fight. If I was 25, would I be better than you at pickleball? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, have you ever thought for a second about dropping out of school? Yes. <laughs> Do you think Tyson McGuffin is a pretty man? Very, very pretty. <laughs> LeBron or Kobe? LeBron. Would you play me? one-on-one -on -one basketball, one and two pointers to playing to 21, you spot, granted, I'm 5'8", 175. Uh, would you spot me 15 points playing for $500? Yeah, I think I'd do that. Ooh, I like I this. I like this. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Okay, four percentage questions here. What percentage of your meals do you cook yourself? Oh, and this is still rapid fire. I'll say 15. What percentage of the time do you and JW beat me and Rob Nunnery? 100. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of your college classes do you actually go to? Zero. They're all online. Oh, they're all online. Yeah. So how about, so online, how, how many do you attend? What percentage? Always? Always. 
Always. Okay. 100. What percentage of the time do you pee in the shower? Uh, 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it with that's the rapid fire. No, that was good. You had, some quality, you had some quality answers there. That was fantastic. Uh, Robert, do you have anything uh, else for our wonderful guest here? 50-50. I'm like 75-25. Like, <laughs> once that, once yeah. that warm water hits, it's like... Yeah, it's yeah, tough. That's, stuff. that's right. If anyone says 0%, I'm going to... Label them a liar. <laughs> Dylan, uh, uh, just, just kind of parting, parting stuff. Uh, goals for the year. What are you most excited about? Favorite tournament you're looking forward to? Anything like that? Yeah, I think, I think uh, MLP is going to be really fun. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think as far as goals, I think, uh, think J-Dub and I have a legit shot at, make, at being the number one team by the end of the year. So I think that's a good goal to shoot for. Um, I'm mixing and matching a lot and mixed doubles, but I'd like to be able to get to a point where I'm a consistent threat to podium and, and mixed doubles and, and, and same for, for singles too. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I missed one question too. How about, how about for mixed doubles partners? Uh, I know you, uh, I know you have a couple with Anna Bright, but do you have, uh, tell us a little bit about your partner situation. We know you're set in men's. How about for, for mixed? Yeah. So I'm playing, I've got some tournaments with uh, a bunch of different girls. Uh, I've got some with Andrea, Mary Brasha, Callie. Uh, I might do one with, with, with Jackie, I've got one with with Paris. Um, I think that's it. That that is that is a variety, quite a variety. Um, so uh, uh, let's. I think it's important. It seems to me, from what I've gathered, seeing you at tournaments, that you have a pretty a pretty good squad around you. You have uh, tight with your family. We got the team, Dylan Frazier. Um, I just wanted to give you the floor if you wanted to mention anyone that has really helped you along with your pickleball journey. And obviously you can mix in uh, some sponsors and, and bring them up that, that have helped you along the way. Yeah, well, I appreciate that that opportunity because I need to do a better job at that. Um, yeah, I've got, like you said, I've got a, a big support club back in Missouri. Um, my mom and dad, especially got to give a big shout out to them because they do they do a lot for me they help me with like my scheduling uh give me just life advice just in general they've they've really helped me a lot in my life so i'm very appreciative and, and thankful to have them in my life uh for sponsors chicken and pickle and and selkirk are, are my two sponsors I, I couldn't play all these tournaments if it, if it weren't for them helping out for sure so definitely thankful for them um, and really just anybody back in, in back in Missouri that I know, like uh, I know a lot of I have a lot of friends in St. Louis, the, the show me pickleball club in Missouri. Got to give a shout out to them. That's the main club I, I play with and the main group of players that I play with. Everybody's really nice. And I've made a lot of close friends in the in the pickleball community here in Missouri. So I'm, I'm just very thankful that I found pickleball and that it's a big part of my life now. Absolutely. No, that was great. And uh, I tell you what, here at the It Feels Right podcast, we're big fans, uh, big fans of your game, uh, big fans of how you carry yourself. And um, maybe this is a parting statement. I'll just say I liked you a lot better when I was better than you, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, that is no longer the case. But uh, best of luck uh, this season. Uh, looking forward to you and your uh, seeing your you and your team compete at Major League Pickleball and all your tournaments throughout the year. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, so, Dylan. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.